Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And UDO Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. UDOBooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 855. One of the many wonderful things about birding is that you can do it just about anywhere you happen to be as long as you're willing to go outside or to perch near a window. Urban areas are most definitely included in this, and we'll hear more about that with our special guest this morning, David Lindo, the urban birder, a little bit later on here. Extra, extra, read all about it. Here are some of the stories and videos we have for you right now on our TalkingBirds.com website. And uh, I believe these are all on our Facebook page as well. SpaceX is focused on exploring distant planets, but apparently taking a toll on planet Earth and on birds, including the federally threatened piping plover and red knot and the endangered northern Aplomado falcon. We'll connect you to the American Bird Conservancy's story about it. It's webcam time. Rose Sanctuary's webcam showcases one of the most spectacular birding events anywhere. The Sandhill Crane migration along Nebraska's Platte River. Hundreds of thousands of Sandhill Cranes resting there on their flight. We'll link you to the webcam, uh, which shows live views and highlights, depending on when you tune in. And why birds are nosy neighbors. Spying on nearby nests seems to help birds decide where to settle down. We have the connection to science.org's report on that. Some of the stories on our Talking Birds website and on our Facebook page right now. And on our website, don't forget to check out our Kids in Nature page there for some terrific ideas about kid, uh, getting kids interested in nature and birds, and that's at TalkinBirds.com. There's no G in talking. All right, here's our mystery bird contest preview. We'll do the actual contest a little bit later, but we kind of want to get you ready for it here with some clues here and other info about our mystery bird. It's a medium-sized songbird. The male is very blue in a sky blue kind of way. The female, brownish blue. It has a large round head, a chunky body, and a medium-length tail. Our bird is seen in wide open spaces in the American West, where it feeds mostly on beetles and grasshoppers, and especially caterpillars. That's our mystery bird. And our contest is sponsored by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. Prizes this morning include the beautiful Droll Yankees Cute chickadee feeder that lets you manage the size of visiting birds. Perfect for sunflower seed, mixed seed, fruit or mealworms, and a 12-ounce bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. Those are the prizes in our mystery bird contest, and we have another prize standing in the wings. 
on a bonus question if we'll have time for that this morning. All on our Mystery Bird Contest coming along just a little bit later on in this morning's show. Here's some conservation good news of the week. This past Monday, the Environmental Protection Agency announced a three-year initiative to regulate dangerous forever chemicals called PFAs and restrict their use. They're known as forever chemicals because they never break down and remain present in the human body. EPA says that EFAs, or PFAs that is, have been linked to a long list of health problems, including high cholesterol, a suppressed immune system, infertility, some cancers, and reduced efficacy of vaccines. The EPA regulates 90 contaminants in drinking water, not including PFAs, but the agency is now creating a plan to implement new national drinking water standards for two kinds of PFAs. So some good news there from a now much more assertive and effective Environmental Protection Agency. That's the sound of our royal salute to some wonderful Talking Birds listeners who have become Talking Birds ambassadors, helping us get the word out about birds and conservation by handing out our little info cards that we send to them. And we thank Scott E. from Hyde Park, Utah, northern part of the state there, just south of the Idaho border. Thank you so much, Scott. And thank you to Ellie from Lincoln, Rhode Island. She says, I have loved birds my entire life, and I love the show. I'm starting to meet new people in high school who uh, are as into nature and science as I am. So I think this is the perfect time to be an ambassador. Thanks for all you do, and a big hello to Mike O'Connor. Hello, Mike O'Connor. I hope you heard that. Thank you so much, Ellie. Listeners, we help you become Talking Birds ambassadors. Very easy to do. Just go to our website, TalkingBirds.com, TalkingBirds.com, and click on the Get Involved tab right there at the top of the page. Well, speaking of Mike O'Connor, we'll get up close and personal with him in an almost live from the archive. Let's ask Mike's segment about a question asked of him by another one of those pesky customers coming into his store and bothering him. Also still to come on our show today, we'll meet the man who calls himself the Urban Birder. He's UK birding superstar David Lindo, and we'll catch up with him at his current base in western Spain. And up next, a cool little bird that sports a black mask and what appear to be horns is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Ever hear of the shore lark? How about the prairie bird? No? Well, what about the road lark or the wheat bird? Well, those are regional names for today's featured feathered friend, the horned lark. It's a bird that breeds from Alaska and the Canadian Arctic down through most of the U.S., except for the extreme southeast. And it's also found in Colombia, all across Eurasia, and in Morocco. In North America, it's the only true lark, and called the horned lark because of the two black feathers, often visible on its head, that really do look like little horns. 
The horned lark is a mostly brown bird with the male sporting black sideburns and a black breast patch and a yellowish throat. Females show just a faint mask and are generally more pale overall. The long hind toe of the horned lark is called a larkspur. It's characteristic of the lark family and its appearance inspired the name of the flower called larkspur. Instead of hopping, the horned lark walks and in spring, the male performs a courtship flight in which he ascends to 800 feet or more above the earth and sends forth a high-pitched, tinkling flight song. When it stops singing, the bird drops headfirst with closed wings, waiting until it almost strikes the ground before opening its wings and pulling out of the dive. It's today's Talkin' Birds, death-defying, horn-topped, featured feathered friend, Aromaphila pestris, the horned lark. Welcome again to our show number 855, and thanks for joining us here. Well, David Lindo is known as the urban birder, and his mission is to engage city folk around the world with the environment through birds, He's also a speaker, a tour leader, an educator. He's the author of several books about urban birding. He writes columns for numerous birding publications and has made televised appearances on the BBC, Channel 4 in the UK, and many other broadcast venues. He was recently named as the seventh most influential person in wildlife by BBC Wildlife magazine. And he joins us now from his perch there in Merida, Spain. Good morning, David. Good morning now. Ray, can you hear me clearly? I think we can hear you quite well, yes. Good good, good. too. Well, well, firstly, thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm, I'm actually out urban birding, so you're going to be <laughs> hearing lots of urban noises. But thank you so much for the invitation. And that uh, list of stuff you read about me, sometimes I think to myself, are you talking about me? <laughs> I'm only here watching birds and trying to get people involved. That's right. When you write all this stuff down, you say, wow, did I really do all that stuff? But uh, <laughs> but you did. So thank you so much, David. I'm not surprised that you're out urban birding. I guess that we should have uh, figured that. But you're, you're from the UK, but you're in Spain. Tell us uh, about why you're in Spain. Well, you know, it's a romantic story because I came here initially because of a woman, because of love. Uh -huh. um, uh, and unfortunately, that love or the relationship ended four years ago. But the love for the country and also for my love, who's now my best friend, continued. So I'm here. But the great thing about being in southwest Spain and uh, in, in Extremadura, which is the exact uh, region I'm in, is the fact that the birding here is superb. I mean, it's one of the best places in Western Europe to watch birds and other animals as well. So, and the sun shines as well. It's fantastic. Uh -huh. Where you are, right? I don't know if you can change your position at all, but we're getting kind of a lot of wind noise there. I don't know if you can get a little bit out of the wind, maybe that would uh, help in terms of the, yeah. the microphone. Sure. There. sure. Okay. Sure. I can. Sorry about that. Okay. So we started the show this morning, uh, David, with the comment that one of the great things about birding is that you can do it just about anywhere, including urban areas. Um, but tell us about your passion for urban birding and maybe what you do to promote the concept. Okay, can, can you hear me a bit better now, by the way? Yeah, I don't, we don't hear the wind right at the moment. So, yeah, I think you've gotten good. a good spot. 
Yeah, I mean, I I was born with an innate interest in natural history, um, which started off actually with the invertebrates mm-hmm. and led to birds by the age of five. But I was in the middle of a city and there was no one around me that shared my interests, including my parents. Mm-hmm. And I was told from a young age that you needed to go out to the middle of the countryside to see wildlife. <laughs> and it wasn't existing in cities, mm-hmm. but I had no one to take me. So I inadvertently became an urban birder by watching and observing birds around me and realizing that there's so much to be seen. Mm-hmm. Well, you've told about an incident that occurred when you were three years old and you went missing from a family party, causing your mom great panic. The police were called, the search party was organized, and you were eventually found standing outside a graveyard doing what? Yeah, I think it's my first ever expedition watching birds. I crossed two busy roads, apparently, uh, on my own. Hmm. Um, and I was watching magpies. I was watching magpies. I was, I was, I was basically enthralled by these birds. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I was found, and I didn't realize. I didn't realize the, the problems I'd caused <laughs> because my mum was beside herself with worry. Beside herself. I mean, I'm already three years old, you know? You can't just be watching over me all the time like this, right? Exactly. I've got my own thing to do. (laughs) Well, another thing you did uh, in 2015, David, was spearheading a drive to name Britain's first national bird, which turned out to be the European robin, uh, or just robin. We've, of course, appropriated that name for a bird here that's not even related to the European robin, but kind of looks similar with that uh, red breast. How did that come about? Was this a kind of a national vote uh, for the bird? Yeah, actually, this idea originally came to me when I was seven um, in <laughs> primary school because I put a vote around my classmates to find out what their favorite bird was at the time. My favorite bird then was a sparrow, and hmm. I was happy that the sparrow won. But I just had a <laughs> feeling that I wanted to do this when I grew up. And the idea came back to me um, back in 2015, 2014, as you said, and there was a general election going on, and I thought it would be great to have an election to find Britain's national birds as you know, alongside the boring political um, scenario. So that's what happened. And it was, you know, I was really surprised. Even though I did it on my own, I still managed to get a quarter of a million people to vote. Wow. And six, mm-hmm. 60% of those people were not members of any conservation body. So I was talking to people on the street. Mm-hmm. Wow, interesting. Was that, a, did it, uh, the robin win by a big margin in there or were the other birds that were close? Well, to be honest, the, the robin was winning from from the very first moment mm. of the of the votes because the vote lasted several months. I was lying in the media saying the blackbird was in with the shout, <laughs> even though it wasn't. Um, I didn't want the robin to win, to be honest. But huh. now that well, when, since it has won, actually, it's the best bird for Britain because mm-hmm. it's uh, territorial, it's feisty, mm-hmm. picks fights. You know, a bit <laughs> like Britain, really. So it kind of works. All right. A little uh, red-breasted bird, I member of the Old World flycatcher family, quite different than, than our thrush here that we call the American robin. David, one other thing I wanted to ask you about is something called Urban Birder World Members. Tell us about that, if you would. Yes. Um, funny enough, at the same time of me doing the bird votes, I actually had the idea to set up a community um, for urban birders around the world. And I finally got my opportunity, well... Not that it was a a great thing to do, but during the... uh, I mean, it was a great thing to do, but it was during a bad time. It was during the the beginning of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, it's a community in which I would like to get people involved in 
learning about urban birds wherever they are. Um, being members also means that you get discounts on various um, services and products, but more importantly, you get uh, free um, guides to cities around the world in terms of what birds you can see, which is a, which is a, a thing that you can't really find out easily anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just to get together and exchange news and, and, and share love for, for urban birds. Okay, and how do people join join up with that? Well, if you go to my website, theurbanbirdaworld.com, mm-hmm. and look under membership, so you can uh, you can join for a year and yeah, and just be involved. And I, I'd love to have more people from from America joining because I've got you know quite a few already. You know, I have a lot of friends in America, and plus I'm coming over next year anyway uh-huh. um, for various functions. So yeah, it'd be really fantastic if uh, if people can come and join in and and help make this this happen. My long term goal, by the way, Ray, is to set up a foundation um, to help urban kids within inner city areas across the world to connect with nature. So that's the the, the ultimate sort of idea behind this whole membership community. Wow, that's a wonderful goal. And that website again is theurbanbirderworld.com. And folks, of course, can find you on uh, social media as well, Twitter at uh, Urban Birder, Facebook. Give us that at Facebook to make sure we get it right. Facebook is The Urban Birder. The Urban Birder. And Instagram? Is, uh, I think it's at Urban Birder. So you can find yeah. me you can find me quite easily. That's what I have written down here, so I think it must be right. <laughs> <laughs> Good. David, Good. thank you so much. Uh, and can. Good luck with all your great work, and especially uh, heading toward that foundation. That is fabulous, and we, we hope we'll keep in touch and uh, find out updates about that. Yeah, thank you, Ray, for the opportunity, and hello, good morning to all your listeners. I'll see and, you know, talk to you soon. Thank you very much. All right, David Lindo here on Talking Birds, and up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight, You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. There is the pretty melodious sound of our mystery bird. By the way, we like to give this reminder from time to time that you can listen to our show live online wherever you are. That's a good way so that you could listen to and take part in our mystery bird contest. How to do it, just go to TalkingBirds.com, TalkingBirds.com, and click on the Listen button there, and you'll see how to do it. It is really easy to do. And our live broadcast, by the way, is on Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 10 Eastern. The mystery bird, a medium-sized songbird. The male is very blue in a sky-blue kind of way. Female is brownish-blue. The bird has a large, round head, a chunky body, and a medium-length tail. 
Our bird is commonly seen in wide open spaces in the American West, where it feeds mostly on beetles and grasshoppers and especially caterpillars. That would be our mystery bird. Beautiful prizes include our favorite coffee around here, the 12-ounce bag of delicious bird-friendly shade-grown birds and beans coffee. Shade-grown, by the way, means that it's grown in the natural forest canopy. So it's actually birding environment where the coffee is grown, unlike that sun-grown coffee that a lot of major makers use where the, uh, the land is stripped and uh, coffee is grown like corn and uh, the habitat for birds is gone. Not so with birds and beans, the good coffee. Our other prize is a Droll Yankee's Cute Chickadee Feeder with a height-adjustable dome that lets you manage the size of visiting birds in the dish perfect for sunflower seed, mixed seed, fruit, or mealworms. So some beautiful prizes there. And don't remember, I mean, do remember that if we don't get a correct answer, we'll choose a winner from other answers received. So give us a call, tell us what it is, or take your guess as soon as you can at 781-837-4900. That's 781 Three seven four nine hundred. Meanwhile, let's ask Mike almost live from the archive in just one minute. Beauty O Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology, from field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com. My name is Thomas Orfan, and I'm calling from Colorado Springs, Colorado. I look forward every week to learning and laughing with Ray on Talking Birds, and I'm always excited to share that experience with someone else. All listeners should become Talking Birds ambassadors because the only thing better than getting to listen to the show every Sunday is getting to tell people what they're missing out on. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family at TalkingBirds.com. Join today and thanks. Oh, I just heard that expression for the birds, but we're about to hear about it in a kind of a different uh, context. Thanks to Mike O'Connor down at the Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning there, Big Greg. This is another one of your annoying customers, right? Asking another question that you uh, had to research to <laughs> find the answer for? I know, so much work. <laughs> you, you think I knew everything. Turns out I don't, so I can look stuff really? up. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's, there's, a, there's a movie out, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, it's called The Goldfinch. No. And uh, spoiler alert, it's not about birds, so don't bother. Don't bother, yeah. Don't bother. Okay. But um, it, one of the reviewers had called, didn't care for it, so, and, you know, how funny the reviewers can be in the newspaper, and they called it, this movie is for the birds. And so if somebody uh, wanted uh, to know uh, why uh, that's a bad thing, because you and I and probably all your listeners think something for the birds is a good, is a good thing. Yeah. Turns out the, you know, there's a lot of explanations you find, but the most common explanation is in the old days when, uh, you know, the streets were, we didn't have cars, and the, the horses were in the streets pulling out carriages and getting us around. I the remember. Field. You remember that, yeah. right? When you were going to school. Yeah. <laughs> Through the snow, eight feet in the summer. Anyway. So there would be manure in the streets, and so... House sparrows, they imported house sparrows because they, they, people thought they ate the manure. 
when in fact they were just getting the waste seeds that were in there. But people thought, oh, the sparrows will clean it up. So, you know, so, so there's a lot of twists and turns in there. But basically, anything that was wasted and unwanted, they would put it outside, and it became for the birds. For the birds yeah. One of those idioms that's out there. So when something's for the birds, we think it's a good thing. But, you know, other not, people think it's not. Not everybody thinks Not, not so everybody great, yeah. knows that, exactly. No, yeah. yeah, but we do now, huh? We do, yes. Thanks, yeah, we blew, the, we blew the cover right off that story. Right. And there's a lot of other idioms out there, but we'll do that another time, because you got a contest to get to. Oh, okay. Is that, that's it for the idiom? You had so many of them. Okay, well, all right. Well, thank you for that. But, well, did you want to do others? Well, do some more another time. <laughs> I know that you're naked as a jaybird right now, so you're probably getting a little chilly. Yeah, so that's, that's it. i got to come yeah. on a sweater. All right. That's another slogan that we sneaked in there. All right, Mike. Thank you. All right. We'll talk next week. Talk to you next week. Birdwatching Magazine has a new membership program. Benefits include detailed bird ID articles from Ken Kaufman and David Sibley, tips and stories about bird photography, access to quarterly e-workshops on identifying and photographing birds, and complimentary print and digital subscriptions to Birdwatching Magazine. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com slash memberships. All right, we're back here at the Mystery Bird Contest, offering some beautiful prizes, including the Droll Yankees Cute Chickadee Feeder and a 12-ounce bag of delicious bird-friendly shade-grown birds and beans coffee. It's a medium-sized songbird. The male is... Sky blue, the female kind of brownish blue. It's a bird of the American West. Feeds on beetles and grasshoppers and caterpillars are a specialty. 781-837-4900 is the number to call to tell us what that is or take your guess. And we have Jason in the great state of New Hampshire. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. You're in Concord, right? Concord, New Hampshire. Yeah, up in Concord. We have, uh, of course, a Concord here in Massachusetts. It's kind of well known, but I don't think there's a rivalry of any sort, is there? Or, or sisters? Uh, not with, no, not with the Concords. There used no. to be a, a rivalry, and that's why it's called Concord for the uh, piece that came. Oh, <laughs> okay. the rivalry. All right. Well, <laughs> but they should be sister towns then, instead of rivals, anyway, right? We can, we can work on it. Yeah, we'll work on that. But we're working on the mystery bird contest right now, and. Um, you heard the clues and such. What do you think uh, it is? Is it a mountain bluebird? Uh, I would think it is a mountain bluebird, as a matter of fact. Yes. All right. Nicely, nicely done. The mountain bluebird. Thank I'm you. reading this information from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology that says the female builds the nest uh, on her own. The male sometimes acts as though he is helping, but either brings no nest material or if he does try to bring some, tends to drop it along the way. That's the. Uh, huh. That's what the male. <laughs> hey, do we have we have time. I think for a bonus question. Would you like to try it and maybe win a gift card from the Wisdom Supply Company? All right. Why not? All right. Here's the question. What is a snood? What is a snood? A. It's an opening made in a brush pile where birds can find shelter. B. It's a fleshy protuberance protuberance attached near the base of a turkey's beak. C, it's a type of turkey found in Southeast Asia. Or D, it's a contraction of the phrase snoozing in the nude snood. I don't know where <laughs> I went. The thing about attached to a turkey's beak would be absolutely the correct answer. Okay. 
Jason, nice, nice job there. So that means we'll be also sending you a $20 gift card from Wisdom Supply Company, which is named after the oldest recorded wild bird, Wisdom the Midway Albatross. And Wisdom Supply is a women-owned bee corporation helping to prevent plastic pollution through thoughtfully designed plastic-free, zero-waste school and office supplies. How about that? Fantastic. All right. Jason, thank you so much. And stay on the line there, and we'll manage to send all that stuff to you. All right. Thank you. Or we'll try. No, we will do it. Thank you so much, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Up there in Concord, New Hampshire, correctly identifying the mountain bluebird. Next week, we'll talk about badges. Badges. We ain't got no badges. No, but we do, and uh, we'll talk about that. Plus, we'll learn some cool things about bird banding with the Institute of Bird Populations bird banding guru, Michelle Kashubi. And don't forget our Talking Birds flock. It's a great way to meet other Talking Birds listeners and share photos and videos and observations about birds and nature and conservation. Just go to Facebook.com and put Talking Birds flock in the search bar there to join. But we are out of time for this morning's show. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, our assistant, Audrey Stack, and our producing engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. We'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee, birdsandbeans.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com.